Hello, this is FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ahmad Khan of CNET. Dota 2's Stockholm major title went to Red Bull OG last weekend, making it the fifth major title for the organization. There was some last-minute coach and player reshuffling leading up to the event, and after an early tournament loss, OG was able to pull it together. But Stockholm also saw some controversy with the player being dropped under difficult circumstances. Plus, announcements were made regarding this year's The International. To break it all down is Dot Esports' Kale Michael. Kale, thank you so much for coming back onto the show. No problem. So let's start off with OG. You know, Red Bull OG was a dominant force leading up into this event, has become a huge dominant force in Dota. How how was it able to continue to play at this level two years into a pandemic? Well, they've kind of had this weird period of on and off kind of dominance because they've never been this like hugely dominant force at majors like they've won five obviously but that's over the course of since the team got founded in 2016 and throughout different roster iterations this is actually an entirely new roster obviously uh seb did play for the team but that was because of those last minute reshufflings you talked about because the team's uh current captain misha and their uh their coach uh shu could not uh couldn't make it out to the event because of visa issues so uh seb and no tail stepped in and seb actually played position five so hard support which he would did not play when he was on og so uh he stepped in and yeah and no tail picked up the role of coach obviously misha and chu were like calling in all the time and talking but uh with that seb was really the only person like taiga played for team liquid for a couple of years uh, team liquid and alliance so he's been in a, on a lot of big stages a couple majors, uh, TI. So he's got experience. But for Yuragi, BZM, ATF, like all three of them are like pretty much brand new. Like they got signed on from stacks and teams that weren't really proven or were kind of like in the lower epsilon of like the DPC the last two years. So this is their first time. But yeah, as the year has gone on, like they weren't really crazy good in the first DPC tour. Like there were some issues there. But in... Uh, this last DPC tour, not only did they win it, they they won Western Europe's uh, regional league. They also uh, came in and were like really strong in the group stage of the major. They and then they lost to TSM in the first round uh, of the playoffs, and then just went on this wild lower bracket run and ended up winning the whole thing. And as the as the series went on, it just looked like they were unstoppable. I mean, there was a game in the grand finals where TSM specifically targeted out ATF, like all of Amar's like main core like selections were just banned in the draft like they only targeted him and then he still just rolled them playing a character that he hadn't played in like three months mm-hmm. that's how insanely dominant the team was by the end of the event you know, uh, yeah i'm curious because og had this like really strong roster a few years back and you know you're saying that now much of that has been replaced um i mean are is there anybody from that original roster that's still on you know players like Topson? No, so the current roster as it's made up is Yuragi, BZM, uh, ATF, or Amar, uh, Taiga, and Misha. So it's an entirely new roster. They completely, like Misha coached the team uh, at TI last year. And then uh, the entirety of that roster, Thompson decided to take time off. Seb retired again because he came out of retirement to play Mm. um, towards the end of the last DPC season once the team was going through some roster troubles. Uh, no tail decided to take a step back. So Thompson and no tail are still like, uh, on the inactive roster. So they, they may still very well come back at some point. I mean, Thompson's super young. 
So mm, yeah, exactly. Like, he, he's just enjoying time with family right now. He's streaming a lot, doing content. Obviously, he doesn't need to come back if he doesn't want to. He's pretty set because they've won two TIs. But, uh, and the no tail is no tail. So, like, he has so many other hobbies and things, but he loves Dota. Like, you just hearing him talk on, like, uh, OG hosted the post, one of the post game, sh- post major shows uh, during the playoffs. And he was the way he talks about Dota, you can still tell he cares so much about the game. Same with Seb, who stepped in and played insanely well. Like, you, he was talking about uh, after he won how he was, um, playing pubs he, like he was at home doing normal things and playing some pubs and then all of a sudden he's playing in a major like mm. stuff like that doesn't happen but with og they've got such a good backbone that they lose their team captain and then could just be like hey seb the guy who helped win two ti's and has played the game for since it's like launch at a, at a very high competitive level can you come in and like help the young kids win a major like th- they have a really good backbone still even though that no they don't have any of that carryover from the roster i think that that like organizational structure on the dota side of things with og is part of why they can go out and grab some of these players that a lot of people might not know or might not have known before this dpc season started and then turn it into this just behemoth of a machine that everybody is not necessarily scared of playing because i feel like even though tsm kind of got rolled in the last two three games of the grand finals they still played really well so that the, the level of dota right now is very high across like pretty much every region but mm-hmm. og is like got this very special kind of backing of what their core roster is mm. you know i think one thing that's definitely differentiated dota esports from others is how teams are very quick to form and dissolve and there are a lot of uh, player changes and roster changes throughout uh, any dota season but one kind of you know, was hitting the rounds over the weekend and was definitely making people upset. And that's regarding, you know, Ninja Boogie and him being kicked from Team SMG. You did some reporting on this. What exactly is happening? So Team SMG is a squad that came together, like, right up. I forget who they're sponsored by, but he's a big name in Southeast Asia. And, like, he built this team out to do some esports stuff. They got, got into Dota. Ninja Boogie was actually on the original roster for the first uh, DPC season in this new format uh, at the start of 2021, uh, where they did the regional league hybrids. So uh, he played for them until I want to say April, and then uh, either uh, departed the team or got kicked. I can't remember back then. That, but that was like an actual roster move. Uh, along this lines, uh, SMG basically had a team meeting. Uh, mm-hmm. After talking to Ninja Boogie about his situation, which um, was he was off because he the team didn't make the major. They did pretty well uh, both of the last two DPC seasons, but the team is much improved from last year. Uh, they brought him back for the second DPC season, and he helped the team perform admirably in a pretty stacked region. But after he went home for a break, he was still playing the game, but his mom was sick. Uh, according to him she had very late stage cancer uh, and then suffered a stroke very suddenly uh last week Mm. and or i guess two weeks ago now and so he was wanting to stay with her and spend time with her and his family Uh, according to uh, him his uh, father also passed away at the start of the pandemic so he's kind of the head of the household and his aunt was there with her and so it was just like the two of them and their kind of extended family Mm -hmm. um and during that situation he reached out to team smg and was and was like hey uh i know boot camp starts on the 20th uh, and i was supposed to fly out on the 14th can i like extend that through the weekend 
to stay because she's either going to be discharged on Monday or it's going to be kind of impossible for her to make a recovery and we're going to have to make a decision. And they already signed like all the, all the paperwork and stuff. Oh, wow. Um, so it got, it got very serious very quickly. And he's like, he said, he, he knew something like this was coming, but like the, the suddenness of it. And then the fact that like it was right before the DPC season, he was still grinding Dota. Like he was very motivated to play because his, he's, as he said, his mom, was uh, very supportive. His family was very supportive of his Dota journey and how and what he's accomplished. He's a two-time TI nine top nine finisher. He's a very accomplished player in Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. So, um, but he called the team, asked if they could extend the flight. Instead of getting an answer, uh, mid one one of the other players on the team uh, reached out and asked it for his decision on if he was coming back. And he said he gave a straight answer. And I'll uh, kind of essentially I'll, I'll read like the verbatim part of it where it's. I can't leave her at a critical time like this. I would see myself as a failure as a son. I just need to settle a few more things before her hopeful discharge. And I'll be good to join you on the boot camp. I hope my decision is to your liking. After he sent that message to mid one, they had a team, a team meeting without him and decided that they were going to move on without him. Mm. Uh, and the reason that this sparked so much outrage was not because that, because that didn't come out until later. SMG announced that like a thank you message, like all teams do thank you messages unless they just release their entire roster. Uh, where it's like, hey, like, thank you for your time, dedication, enthusiasm, hard work, and then like everybody's like, oh, well, he was good for he was good for the team. Everybody loves Ninja Boogie. Like, they were like, oh, well, it's sad to see him go, but okay. And then he responded to that tweet saying, tell them the real reason about the kick. And then they didn't say anything, so he gave his own side of the story, which I reached out to him uh, on on Twitter and asked if he would give a comment on it, and he said. Yeah, like he said, mid one just asked for his decision, and the night he gave it, he was kicked. He tried to argue about the decision, like if he took the flight, like he wouldn't have been kicked. Uh, and he says, like, what hurts the most is that they had the team meeting without me. If I could have heard, if like if he could have heard their point of view, maybe he would have decided to step down anyways. But like he wasn't asking to like even take time off. He was just asking for an extension to his flight because he was still playing. Uh, and so they just kicked him kind of out of the blue his mom passed away shortly after he was kicked mm. so like the entire situation is just obviously it's not a good look for the team it's a terrible situation for him because over the course of the pandemic he wasn't really on a team a lot of that time and he wasn't being able to compete in tournaments so his like revenue stream was kind of thrown off so he's used a lot of his stuff he was going to ask for uh like a forward on some of the tournament winnings uh from the dpc season and be like hey can i use this to like settle stuff at home and then i'll be back for whatever and it just didn't work out for whatever reason T- smg hasn't said anything I-, I reached out to them for comment didn't say anything haven't said anything on twitter i'm sure they're kind of waiting for it to die down before they do stuff because over the weekend there was just like it it, it went from like it it was very quickly reached the top of like uh like some reddit some big reddit um communities uh made the rounds on social media people started memeing it uh a bunch of like esports personalities started commenting even if they're not from like anywhere close to the dota scene right uh big streaming personalities picked up on it some drama youtubers picked up on it like it's just become like a bigger bigger story as the like kind of weekend rolled on so they don't really have an opportunity to say their side which i don't really think they'll have a side i think it was as simple as hey we we need your decision and if you can't come we're going to kick you because we need to start preparing for the next season that's usually like a simple enough reason for a dota team especially in like a period of flux um where they had already replaced that position once this season 
has ha, I mean have other teams come to Ross uh, saying that hey you know we're we're looking for somebody or is he kind of just out of luck at the moment? You're never going to really hear about those kind of things, especially with Dota organizations. They kind of tend to keep things on the down low until things happen. Sometimes they'll tease things. Like uh, Team Secret just today, uh, they signed uh, Crystallis, a player who is pretty much is is best known for playing for like some smaller squads. But recently, he's picked up some steam. They signed him, and that was rumored for probably about three weeks, maybe a month. But you're only going to ever hear rumors. You're never going to hear like concrete information unless someone accidentally leaks it and sometimes those leaks don't even like they don't always pan out like there was a leak um man i don't even know how long ago now probably like at the end of dpc season one maybe even before that this year Mm -hmm. where t1 uh cuckoo was playing uh his games with anna a former og player and so there were like all these rumors that he was going to come in and uh play position one for t1 so he could stay in australia and play and then travel for international stuff because the ping from australia to south korea isn't bad and like the rest of sea so like these kind of things were rumored for a long time and then obviously that didn't end up panning out but there were like Mm -hmm. a month and a half of rumors that span things so you're never going to know i'm sure there's going to be some like sea team that reaches out to him i mean he's a good player sea is a very deep region um and a lot of teams are kind of dealing with just like i mean just today tnc uh, predator dropped some of their um two two more players i mean outside of t1 boom and Fnatic, who were the three sea teams that reached the the major and were kind of dominant for the first two dpc tours in southeast asia i don't think a, a lot of teams have like a roster that they're like this is the roster that can take us to ti so we'll have to see but i'm sure he'll he'll have opportunities whether he'll take them or not or he'll just decide to do like content creation for a while until uh things settle down we'll just kind of have to wait and see and you know when it comes to the next dota major it's happening in arlington do you have any major predictions there no uh the the one thing that could really swing the majors if china's actually there this time because unfortunately all the chinese teams couldn't um make it to this major so there was a Mm. big kind of hole missing in the the international dota scene because typically you have teams from all six, especially with China being like the second kind of like right up there with Western Europe, kind of the second pillar of Dota. Um, everybody would have would have been like, okay, PSGLDD is going to come in and just like wreck house. Like now we kind of have to wait and see. Hopefully Ch- the Chinese team can make it out. Right. Uh, and we can see really like the full power of like all of these different regions. We'll probably see a lot of familiar faces. I'm sure we'll see OG, TSM, uh, Tundra will probably be back like a bunch of those uh, like just a bunch of the teams that finished in those top spots Beast Coast Thunder Awaken all mm-hmm. all these teams that did, performed really well and we're going to get to see them match up with the top four out of China who have kind of stayed pretty similar like that last spot kind of bounced around because there's some up and coming rosters or teams that got back into things uh, but I mean the the big one is we, we everybody wants to see PSG LGD come to on an offline LAN and play the likes of the new OG the, like all these teams that are they're they're always going to be compared to psg lgd because they're they stuck together just like team spirit did team spirit got knocked out really early in this tournament uh the four the current ti champions they got knocked out in the second round of the playoffs so psg lgd who looks just as dominant as spirit did in their own region they want to see how they stack up outside of china and then lastly the international has been announced for Singapore. Uh, are you going? Do you have any thoughts? 
I want to go. That like I w- I've always wanted to go to Singapore. I've yeah, always wanted course. to go to TI. Like that seems like a match made in heaven. Uh, SEA crowds are just amazing, especially when it comes to Dota events, and they're gonna have probably three really good teams uh, at at the event. I mean, just looking at the rankings, I think uh, let's see, yeah, like Fnatic's pretty close to where people expect the cap to be for uh, DPC points. Uh, boom's pretty close and t1 can get there if they perform well in the next uh, during the next season and the next um uh the next major there's a there's a lot of hope that sea teams will perform well at uh, ti this year and i mean it's probably i don't know if this year we'll 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 have to see if it can break that fifty thousand or the the 50 million dollar mark this year (laughs) for uh for the uh for the prize pool but i do think that uh, it's going to be a fantastic event. Obviously, it's going to happen in October. It's going to be similar to the last one, uh, barring any changes. We're going to get a very, very good live crowd. Uh, and I think that, especially with this major, is anything to go off of. Even if we don't see China before TI, I think that it's probably going to be one of the most competitive fields of teams that we get uh, going into uh, the international, at the very least, if not on the big stage. Well, we hope you can make it out there so you can report for us live. Uh, that, would, that would actually be pretty fantastic. But, Kale, thank you so much for coming on to the show. No problem. And that was FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the .esports podcast network. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and share. To follow Kale and keep up to date on Dota, FGC, Pokemon, and Yu-Gi-Oh!, you can find him at xjustified on Twitter. To follow me and my work over at CNET, you can find me at Ahmad on Twitter. FTW is looking for a new producer. If you're interested, send me a DM on Twitter. And with that, we'll catch you guys next week.